Hey ladies, welcome to WTF, Women Talking Frankly, a running conversation with your hosts, Kyle and Candace. And you, about issues facing women, such as health, hormones, our looks, our libido, life, and anything in between. We promise to dig deep and get into it each episode. Welcome. We're so glad you joined us today. Well, hi, Candace. It's so nice to be back in the studio with you. How are you today? I'm fine. It's about 85 degrees out there. Summer came all at once. It <laughs> is hot. So what do you want to talk about today? Hot flashes. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Well, for those of you joining us for the first time, this is Kyle and Candace. And to find out more about us, download the first episode of Women Talking Frankly, WTF. You can go to our website in the same name and take a peek at our bios as well. Although we have many years of experience as me, a provider, and Candace as a health educator and journalist, we, WTF, are a work in progress. Looking back, Candace and I had a company we called Menopausibilities a few years back. We wrote a blog for a few years, and we came up with what we feel are the 10 essential truths for women about hormones and health. Candace, why don't you read a few of them? I remember we did quite a bit of thinking about this, and they weren't in any particular order, but um, we felt that they were, they were essential bits of information that women needed to know. So the first one we came up with was hormones in harmony and living in balance is an attainable goal. The second one we came up with was you may have a hormonal imbalance and not know it. Make yourself aware of the symptoms that can start at any age. And we're going to be talking about those symptoms. Number three, menopause doesn't end your need for hormonal balance. Neither does having a hysterectomy. Number four, testing is the only way to know for sure if your hormones are out of balance and to what extent. Number five, don't settle for the guess and treat approach. It's just too important to get this right. And number six, this is a big one. Not all hormones are created equal. Bio-identical hormones are better, and we'll get into this in a future episode. And safer. Uh, Symptom relief, number seven. Symptom relief is not the only goal of hormone therapy. It's about optimal health, disease prevention, and your longevity. Number eight, you are unique. What's right for your friend, your mother, or your sister is not necessarily right for you. And this is an important point. You're going to hear women say all the time, well, my mother did this or my sister did this, but it's about you. Right, exactly. We all have different biochemistries. Number nine, you can get off that roller coaster and get your mojo back. And we're going to be talking about the ups and downs of hormonal imbalance, particularly during perimenopause um, and, and how to get back to you and get off the ride. And last but not least, number 10, finding, being, and staying in balance is a work in progress. We want you to take the first step now. So for us... Maybe the first step now is to start talking about, to dive in and talk about hormones and hormone imbalances. So Candace, what exactly is a hormone? A hormone, as in the Greek understanding of the word hormone, means to set a force in motion. I like it. Yeah. And hormones are a force. They rule, you know? And and the medical uh, terminology, a hormone, is something, it's a chemical substance in your body that's released from one part of the body, let's say the ovaries, and it acts on another part of the body, let's say your skin or your vaginal tissues or your uterus. So it's 
in, in other parts of the body, there are substances that are released like digestive enzymes that tend to lack act locally, but a hormone, again, is produced in one part of the body, but it acts and it has very far-reaching effects, and they're extremely important. We cannot live without our hormones. No. I mean, they, they as, as I said, they rule. They govern our emotional, physical, and mental health. And as you were saying, they are made in one part of the body. They're made in the glands and organs of our bodies, and they put for they they are a force to be reckoned with. The way a hormone works is to actually enter a target tissue, the mm-hmm. target tissues of the body, that collection of cells that have, if you can imagine, a door or a receptor site. And the hormone, the, to use the well-worn analogy, the key in the lock, Right. the hormone is the key, the receptor site on every cell is the lock. And that key is as specific as the one you use to open your own front door, isn't it? Right. And if I try to use my neighbor's key, I would have to jam that key in the lock. I might get it to open, but it's not going to work as well. So we'll get into some of those little nuances of hormone mm-hmm. therapy. But the other thing that happens, I find, when I talk about hormones with people, is they automatically jump to the reproductive hormones. And they say, well, why am I going to replace these? But yet if you had something like low thyroid or diabetes, you wouldn't think twice about replacing those hormones. So it's really important that we understand that physiologically, when our hormones are in balance, our bodies are working well. And when they're out of balance, we definitely know it. Right. And we know it because we're talking about deficiencies or excesses, i.e. imbalances of hormones. So so many, you know, when you think back on, um, think of the common definitions of menopause, oh, I'm estrogen deficient. My right. estrogen is I down. I know. It's this conversation about hormones is so much more than that because it's never just about one hormone. Nope. The famous description analogy is the, the other famous analogy about hormones is that they're like an orchestra, a symphony. Um, if one orchestra, if one of the instruments in the orchestra is playing out of tune or too whole, loud or too loud, or too soft, the whole the whole rig- synchrony is lost. The symphony is out of out of balance. I love that analogy. I've heard that said many times at different conferences. And you think about going to an orchestra and sitting in the audience, and if the violins are overpowering the trombones, and then everything sounds cacophonic. You know, it's it's mm-hmm. noisy. It's 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 not music. But when everything is together, it is lyrical and it's harmonious. So that's what we're trying to get in, into with our bodies. And menopause, perimenopause, puberty, all those times in your life, those are times of upheaval, hormonal upheaval. And that's why we feel out of sorts. So think back to when you were in puberty. That's a long time for me. Mm. But you were definitely going into a very confused state of mind. You were state of, of body. You know, your body was changing. You were developing breast buds. You were developing pubic hair. All these things were happening to your body. You were having sexual urges. And as women get older and get into the perimenopause, a lot of things are declining. And mm. they're confused. Like, you know, they find that they have weight around their belly or they can't sleep. Their breasts are tender. So it's a really confusing time. It's it's really a shift. It's the it's the classic definition of a transition from, you know, the the early days of puberty, and that's a big subject too. I'm sure some of you moms out there that may be listening are concerned that your nine year old daughter is is showing early breast buds or having an early period, and there are 
there, there's much to think about in terms of environmental estrogens that can cause, you know, er, early cycles. But it does take a good time, a good while to get cycles established. And so many younger gals are have lots of problems and are put on birth control, and that's a whole other story of imbalance. Then in the perimenopause, those hormones really are shifting, as in that roller coaster. Yeah, We're up and we're down. So yes, they're declining at the same time. It's kind of like the seesaw. Remember being a kid in the playground and you're on one end of the mm-hmm. seesaw and oh, some God. nasty kid slams you to the ground? And you bounce off and yeah. your butt. Uh, well, and I think, too, that when you're talking about these hormonal transitions, when you're in puberty, hopefully you have somebody, an adult, that's sort of guiding you through that time and giving you information. I know some people aren't as well informed, but there's usually something in the schools or maybe a mom. But women, in general, don't have that mentor. They don't have that information. So they're walking around feeling bewildered, befuddled, and confused, and they don't know who to ask and what to do. I mean, what even are the right questions to ask? That's what I find so often when women come in my office. They're almost afraid to hear me say to them, no, nothing's wrong with you. It's all in your head because they've been told that so many times by either other people. You know, you have to tough it out. You know, there's really no solution for it. Hormones aren't healthy. So there's and so the doors you open the door to a question and the door gets shut in your face. You're afraid to ask a question again. So that's what we're trying to do. I think more than anything is open the door for our listeners to ask questions and not be afraid. And to help you know which questions to ask. Absolutely. And be empowered. So when you go see your provider, it's about you. It's not about your provider. It's about you asking for what you need to feel insisting. better. Insisting. Uh, insisting. And if that yeah. person is not the right person, then you need to go see somebody else, frankly. Because we need to, all of us are advocating for ourselves, for our health care. It's all about you taking control of your life. So before we get into some of the questions, we'll just have to, off the top of our heads, I hear this also all the time. And it's kind of a, a lament. Uh, why didn't my doctor ever mention this to I me? Know. Or it's the worst. You know, why was I put on birth control for acne when I wasn't sexually active? Or, or why am I still on birth control in perimenopause? Or... I'm not depressed, but I've been put on an antidepressant. And I often say to people, you know, doctors have gone through quite a sea change. There's a lot of doctors that are old school and use just blood tests to determine hormones or don't think hormones are worth testing. And that's what I hear a lot. Women will say, oh, my doctor said, you're fine. You don't need to test. You just need an antidepressant or an anti-anxiety. While others are moving at such a progressive rate in the last 10 years, we've seen the whole mushrooming of the Institute of Functional Medicine. Uh, nurse practitioners like yourself, Kyle, are just you know leading the, leading the charge towards mm-hmm. bioidentical hormones, which of course we'll talk about. But those are the, the hormones that are naturally made and do fit like that key in the lock to help with those shifting hormones later in life. Yeah, I think the average woman is just a little bit lost. Again, you know, her friends might be telling her, you know, one thing, again, like Candace said, many people are put on birth control pills. I see women coming in on a litany of medications. They can't sleep, so they're on something like trazodone because they've been told that that's not habit-forming, but I can tell you that it is, or Mm. an Ambien, or they're like an anti-anxiety medication or antidepressant, and they're just up and down, and they feel exhausted. They just don't know what is going on. And the answers that they're getting from people around them are confusing and and probably not very accurate, frankly. And like Candace said, um, an old way of looking at things is 
I have a symptom, here's a medication. We call that sort of the Band-Aid approach to medicine. Sometimes it is appropriate. If you have a strep throat, then penicillin is definitely the right drug. Because it's your place, if, yes. If you're, if you're depressed, though, <clears throat> there might be a better way to sort of peel back the onion. Let's check your vitamin D level. Let's check your iron levels. Let's, let's delve into your lifestyle. Let's delve into your hormones. We're here to tell you that when it comes to you feeling as good as you should feel, there should be multiple ways to test you for those symptoms and also to treat you. So why don't we talk about some of the symptoms um, okay. that go along? And in talking about the symptoms, I think women can resonate, you know, what, what sounds familiar is, is probably something you've been living with for a time, thinking that you have to suffer, getting answers that aren't helping. Um, as Kyle said, feeling confused and, and just sort of despondent. I think uh, some of the women I talk to are just, they've tried this, they've tried that. And, and things seem to gather so, so, to, so much together, especially in the years of perimenopause when that hormone shift begins. The ovaries start to wane and wobble. And, and that can be an eight to 10 year process complicated by abundant stress. Um, so that's where we start to really see symptoms come, come roaring up. Absolutely. And I think um, if we can talk about a little bit like definitions too. So right. when we think about the word menopause, menopause is the absolute cessation of you having a period. It can be a diagnosis that happens by either having a hysterectomy because that takes out your uterus, so therefore no periods, definitely taking out your ovaries, or 12 months of no periods and then looking back. It's sort of a retrospective diagnosis. The perimenopause occurs anywhere from 10 to 15 years before actual menopause. And like Candace said, it's a real emotional and physical roller coaster. It can be pretty dramatic. It's awful. Yeah. And so for some and some women skate through it pretty easily, but many women don't. Let's talk about some of the symptoms that we see. Right. Number one is emotional, emotional ups and downs, depression, PMS is getting worse, anxiety. Really, I see anxiety as one of the, I would say that's one of the top five symptoms that I see. Yeah, I I would say anxiety is right up there. I, w- I would have said number one or two, which, Absolutely. which is really uh, amazes me, the level of it. It seems to be mushrooming. Well, I think, and, and, it's, and we know, uh, we'll, and we'll get into each hormone and what they do, but clearly anxiety is related to lower progesterone levels. Progesterone happens to be one of the hormones that makes you feel calmer. Um, we also see low libido, vaginal dryness. That's chronic. The low libido and the vaginal dryness go together, of course, because when you're having pain upon intercourse, it certainly doesn't do anything for your getting you in the mood, knowing what you're anticipating. Well, and I think low libido can be by itself as well. I mean, I think some women just lose the urge, their levels of testosterone are dropping. Um, And I think belly fat, wow, is that up there or what? What do you think, Candace? Menopause. Oh my God, that's probably the worst because usually belly fat just sort of becomes the belly fat, the immovable, and and people are saying, "I never had this problem before." What the what the what the WTF? WTF? Well, I mean, like women who are super thin and they say, "I never had a belly," and all of a sudden I had this little roll of fat, mm-hmm. and it's so common. Mm-hmm. Oh, and how about insomnia? Notice we haven't even said hot flash or night sweats yet. We're kind of it's so funny. We think of those things as being the classic, but honestly, most of what I hear is what we've been talking about, the insomnia. 
I can go to bed, but guess what? About one or two in the morning, I'm wide awake. So what do I say to those ladies? Go ahead and text your friends. I bet they're yeah. up too. Yeah. <laughs> Doing the Except, same. of course, that's the biggest no-no because that gets into, oh, we're on our cell phone and our laptop. <laughs> which disrupts our melatonin, which only makes the problem worse, right? I know, but it's tempting. <laughs> yeah. And it's it's, it's it's a lonely world out there when you're going through perimenopause and you're wide awake and you think, I have to go to work in the morning, I have an important meeting, I cannot get back to bed. And then in the morning, you're dragging out of bed, oh you my God, keep exhausted. resetting the alarm, but at night, you're ready to run a 100-mile marathon. I know. So, so, so then let's talk about hot flashes. That's a classic imbalance, actually. I can, I can t- I'm going to share with you that um, I have... I'm one of those people who has really, really bad night sweats. If I'm not on my hormones and I'm not balanced, I really cannot sleep. It's up five minutes with a hot flash, then I'm sweating, and then I'm freezing. I'm opening the window. I'm closing the window. I'm kicking off the covers. I'm putting on my socks. So Mm -hmm. for me, it's like I'm a crazy person. (laughs) (laughs) Can we all relate? I I always tell my early story was, which I already told, I guess, but... The hot flashes every 20 minutes. That's it's not cool. an exaggeration. No, it's not. You, sometimes you're in a, I remember having to give a talk about hormones, and I was having hot flashes because guess what? Here I was in the world of hormone education, but I was still going through the journey, which is a, a, a balancing journey, a rebalancing. Your, you know, are we ever going to be in perfect balance? No, because no. life gets in the way. And so there are those stresses, the times that you can't fall asleep, you're traveling, you're in a hotel room, you didn't sleep all night, then the hot flashes seem to be worse. You know, all of these, there's so many complicating factors. I remember one time I took a class years ago, I belonged to a gym with my husband, and we took one of those classes with a with a heavy bars, and I had to lift weights over my head, and I, I had to go up to him and say, you need to help me get this bar over my head. My hands were so sweaty that I couldn't ah, even lift the bar. It was so right. embarrassing. And I, you've seen, and you, if you go to like a church or like a auditorium or a concert, and you can just see women in the room with their little fans, and you just know what's going on. I mean, it, it's sort of like that universal sign you of feel- menopause. <laughs> <laughs> or they've got the newspaper going, or the bra- the uh, menu. You know, it sounds the menu. like this. It's that little sound like that. You know? How about over a glass of white wine? Oh, my, what are or we? red wine. Can I get, or yeah, either white wine is worse. For, for me, I and say. I think the other thing that's it's really funny that women talk about this is that I didn't have this, but I, I hear this a lot. The women come in and say, I get anxious and then I get a hot flash they right. get, or nausea. That's the other thing. So it's it's one of those things that, you know, there I, we could read you a list of symptoms of hormone imbalances and it goes on aches and pains. That's another one. All of a sudden my right. joints are starting, my muscles I are, or I work Sore out. Muscles. Yeah, I work out and I feel worse afterwards. I mean, these are the things mm-hmm. that, you know, if you're getting, if you're having, oh, wait, how about brain fog? Oops. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do remember that. Um, I mean, I don't remember anything. <laughs> no, but that's why did I come into this room? Where did I put my keys? Oh my Just God. the other day, I mean, even though I'm mostly balanced, I think, but the other day I left my drawing tablet with all my special pencils and oh. left it somewhere and still haven't found it. I know but, some days I just feel like I'm I'm a, I, I'm losing my mind even though I'm on hormones and I'm balanced. Obviously, aging is part of that, but clearly when your hormones are not in balance, your memory is not as sharp, you're not as confident, you just don't feel like you're 
your thinking is not as clear. These are all the things that I hear all the time. Yeah, and and they are life-changing, life-disrupting. And, I mean, I often talk to women, and I know you keep a box of Kleenex on your... My Oprah moment. You have people visit in the office. I talk to women for 50 minutes on the telephone. And before, you know, at first it's always we're sidestepping the big issues. By the end of the conversation, we're we're getting divorced and we're hitting the wall and our life is, (laughs) you know, we're so depressed that we don't want to get out of bed in the morning. There's there's a lot of that. Well, and the other thing is, you know, I find that people find that they say, I love my husband, I love my children, but I can't stand to be with them. I'm so impatient. I'm just cranky all the time. And they just feel terrible. And they feel, and they know, it's kind of like when I was talking about my, in the first episode, my PMS, I knew I was being a total B with a, a witch with a B. And I was not very nice, but I couldn't control it. There was nothing I could do to make myself be nice. Right. And I was the same mean mommy. Well, when I became a mother, (laughs) I started late and then I was, you know, having those um, hot flashes and mood swings in between. So I often describe myself as the bitch on wheels. I think we can say that word. WTF. And WTF. And, and I really was scaring my children and, and that, and I, I, I meet a lot of women that say that too. And they feel, uh, in fact, I talked to a woman recently last week, whose husband is a big time movie producer and she travels all over the country with him when he launched his last film. And she said she was just, she felt like she was going to have a nervous breakdown at the end of it. And she just is, she said every cycle, she's a Jekyll and Hyde and she can't be around her children and she can't be around, you know, she wants to divorce her husband. How many times do I hear women say, I want to break up with my boyfriend every period. I I want to get rid of my husband. These are the people you love most in all the world. I know. And it's, I think that um, as we go with each episode, Candace and I will come up with some stories that we've heard, but you know, I had one gal recently who couldn't work. She was so anxious. She couldn't even, Mm. she was trying to be an Uber driver. And that was like, that was too stressful for her. There's just uh, uh, there's such a shift in who you are as a person, and you really, again, what do I do about that? Who am I going to talk to? You go to your primary care doctor, and they say, well, you know, it's just the time of life. You'll get through it, honey, or let's give you some sleep medication. So again, so getting back to the 10 essential truths that we came up with, number one, we want you to know it's not in your head. These are real, these are real time uh, uh, transitions that you're having, and we, if you just go to the right provider and you get the testing that you need, you can have those imbalances identified and there are definitely treatment options. Yeah, there are simple there are simple ways to there's a very simple test that both Kyle and I use that actually you, you collect your samples at home in salivary uh, in saliva because salivary gland is is where we can capture hormones uh, leaving the bloodstream. There's always a fraction of that hormone that becomes unbound from its, blood cell where hormones take a ride in the in the bloodstream they but there's always that little 2 to 4% that's leaving and going to the target tissues those cells where hormones unlock the the door to the cell and get in and start flipping master switches all of these symptoms we're talking about know that they are normal and they're probably inevitable but it's the degree to which you suffer from them it's mm-hmm. the, and not every woman has all the same symptoms of course but we we just went through a whole raft of them which i'm sure sounded familiar to many of you some of you 80% of you will certainly experience hot flashes. There's a reason for that. And we will get into the physiology behind what, what's happening with your hormones when you experience hot flashes. That Some women are, you know, have terrible postpartum depression. There, there are just different 
um, reasons and, and examples of imbalance in every one of these cases, whether it's a low progesterone and high stress hormones that are causing your night, your insomnia, um, there, there just is a mechanism throughout all that we can explain and get into. But just knowing what the symptoms of imbalance are and that it's not normal to have them constantly. It's not, it, it doesn't, you don't have to suffer with them. You do have to speak up and say, hey, this isn't, this is disrupting my life. What can I do? And what is natural? What can I do that's, that is a natural remedy to help me get through this? Yeah, I think, and some women are bewildered. Like myself, I had PMS when I was younger, so I knew when I hit perimenopause and I was having those symptoms, I knew there was something wrong. But many women that I see, and I'm sure Candace as well, haven't had those same symptoms when they're younger, so they really are so confused because it's like, my life was great, and now it's terrible. Again, so what we're trying to arm you with is information to know that the symptoms that you experience are part of a constellation of hormonal changes in your body. We'll get into each hormone, we'll get into each what each one does for you, how you know which one is sort of, you know, causing the problems. But remember there's an overlap. So your body's, you know, it's it's like that getting back to that symphony um, sort of, you know, uh, playing in tune. Yeah, playing into playing in tune. Different hormone. We always say hormones in harmony, life in balance. So we'll get into the specific of each one. But for today, let's just say that now you know you have some symptoms. Now we need to know what to do with those symptoms. What kind of testing we need to do, and we'll delve into that in our next episode. And then we'll talk about treatment options as we go along as well. Right. Sounds good. And I just wanted to mention. Um, Something I see in women when it comes to symptoms that we often become our symptoms. We decide that we're tired all the time or we just never had much of a libido or yeah. we, we can't think straight. It's somehow that you start to incorporate these things as as your normal and, and that's what um, awareness can change, that you can really feel so much better and you may have forgotten how good you could be feeling. So that's, yeah, that's a big point for I us. I agree with that. I would say that you. many women come in and they don't realize how bad they feel because it's been a slow slide. Exactly. It doesn't happen overnight. And what I do when I see people, I always write down every symptom that they tell me because when they come back later on and I've treated them and, and I've gotten them to balance, we go through each symptom and they're like, wow, I forgot how bad I felt. An example I can give for that, I had the flu this year. I felt horrible. Three days, I, I can't tell you. I thought, oh my God, this is it. Three days later, I was fine. I thought, I don't want to think back to what that felt like. We don't want to remember how bad we felt. So when we feel right. good, it's hard to remember how bad we felt. And when we feel bad, it's hard to remember how good we felt. Mm-hmm. So that's, again, we're trying to get you to, to the optimal place again. And it can be done. It can be done. And what is that last number 10? Finding, being, and staying in balance is a work in progress. We're going to help you take the first step. Well, here we are at the end of this WTF, Woman Talking Frankly, podcast episode. In signing off, we want you to remember that what you are feeling is not all in your head. And that you have so many options to choose from to get you back to balanced living. Until next time, be well. And remember, if you want a great life, you need to ask great questions. Be courageous. Ask for what you need. With love, Kyle and Candace.